guys are sounding great this morning. I enjoyed worshiping with you. For those of you who don't know me, um, I'm Dan Meyer. I'm one of the pastors here. I get to kind of oversee and work with and, and hopefully help everybody in, in areas of discipleship. We are in our journey of Pathways Personified, and I was, I was looking at it. Um, we kind of communicated, hey, this is, this is the fourth Sunday. We're getting close to the end, but really, yesterday was the halfway point. This is, today is just the, the first part of the second half. And, um, and, and, in, and in thinking about that even a little bit more, it's a 42-day journey. It's a 42-day journey, and there's a lot of studies that have, had have, that have come out over the years that talk about basically like how people create change, how people break bad habits and create new habits, and, and how people really move forward in their life and, and transform. And, and those things a lot of times, you know, are, are dependent upon um, a, a desire and a passion and, and, and a strength that we identify. It comes outside of ourselves, the Spirit of God. But there's a time period that goes with transformation. There's actually a time period where you can, where you can mark and, and see where you're able to rewire your brain, rewire the way that you think. And that time period is actually 21 days. So if you missed out on the first half of Pathways, guess what? Start now. Today is day one for you. So just rock on with it. Keep going. Um, wherever it is that, that, that you need, that, that you have a hope, that you have a desperation, that you have um, a desire to move forward in, in your life. You know, you can catch up on Vimeo with the, with the different podcasts and, and you can see the videos. And the first week we talked about personify and that the fact that Christ personifies God. And as followers of Christ, we're called to personify Christ to be a reflection of Christ to the world. Then we talked about I am invitation. And so just kind of living out our lives, sharing our faith journey, being authentic in our faith, being relational in our faith and extending the invitation, how people love to be invited and what kind of value it communicates to someone to be able to say, I count you worthy to be invited to be part of my life. I want to share my life with you. It's a great gift to be able to give someone a piece of your life. Then we talked about I am training. Pastor Eric taught us last week um, just about, um, about, about moving forward in our, in our walk with God and, and letting God live and breathe through us. I'm paraphrasing, those aren't his words exactly. You know, I don't want to be, a, I don't want to be a, an Eric Parrot, you know, although that's a great thing. You know, he says some amazing stuff sometimes sometimes. So, um, <clears throat> um, but, but moving forward and just one of the things as we were going through the going deeper conversation this week, you know, one of the areas of training that, that he encouraged us in was actually service. Maybe you can take a step forward in service. And so today we're, we're starting that conversation about what it means um, to serve. And I think this is, this is really like an easy conversation for us. Um, a, a lot of times we, we think in our minds, you know, like I don't have to sit up here and convince you that service is a good thing, right? I mean, service is, it, it's obvious. We know that we should serve. We know that that service brings about blessing and, and, and produces benefit in our lives. Service is, is something that is God honoring and it honors other people. It's part of care. And yet there, there's a, a real challenge to our, to our service and our culture today because we're really busy. And a lot of times in our busyness, we, we think, oh, I don't, I don't have the time to serve as much as I want to. And we have this, this, kind, of, this kind of testing, this, this challenge of what is it that we're busy with? What is service? 
Service is something that I, I have always done naturally. It's just been a part of my, of my DNA. It's, it's not because um, I'm so close to God. It's just because I really find my worth in what I produce. And so in my service to people, uh, I get a lot of energy back from that. Um, I, I, I learn to love and to care for people through that. And it's just a natural way. Actually, for me, it's an easier way to give of myself and to show love than words. That's caused me a lot of problems in my life as well, too. Because a lot of times I, I didn't verbalize and didn't, didn't express um, from my heart that I, that I really cared. This played out in my marriage first couple years of marriage, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm working hard. And, and the first year of marriage was, was, was absolute bliss, you know, that honeymoon phase. And then the second year of marriage was absolute hell. And, and it was just like, Renee and I were having these conversations and we're just going, why is it so hard all of a sudden? Like, what are we doing wrong? And we were going through a lot of changes and we were going through, trying to make a lot of transitions, buying our first home and all of these kinds of things and, and just kind of wrestling with, with big issues of how we live out our faith. And, and one of the key problems also was me because I lived out my love for Renee in a very tangible way, in a very service-oriented way, but it wasn't the way that she received love. And so I could be out mowing the grass and I could be planting the flowers and I could be vacuuming the floor and I could be washing the dishes. And then she could come right back to me and say, why don't you love me? You never tell me that you love me anymore. What's wrong with me? That's, it would blow my mind because I'm like, I am showing you. This is, this is how I show my love, you know? There were times when, when that mentality of service would also create entitlement inside of me. Look at all the things that I'm doing for these people. Why aren't they responding? I, I must have earned their love through all of this service. Certainly I'm worthy to be loved by now, right? With my service. And these are the, these are the challenges, some of, some of the things that we face. This morning we're going to look at the true heart of service in, in John chapter 13. So you can open up your Bibles. We're going to be looking at something that happens during the Last Supper. During this, this final meal that, that Christ is going to share with his disciples. Service is basically, um, you could just say it's ministry. To minister is to serve. And, and as Pastor Mark shared, you know, a few weeks ago, we're, we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. We've been given the, the call to reconcile the world to Christ. We reconcile that first by, by reconciling our lives to Christ. And so at the very center of our universe should be this space where God exists, where our purpose, where our life, where our love, where our service where our thoughts, where our feelings flow out of our relationship with God. Service is basically ministry. You'll see on your fridge fold, it says, service is the action that we put to our love for God because of our faith in Jesus. Service is the action that we put to our love for God. As we live in this space of living out our love in love for God, it flows out into other areas of our life. And what happens is it, it naturally flows out to the people that are, that are the, next, the next concentric circle close to us. This would be our family. 
And so we begin to live in this space of just sharing love with, with family, and then that, that moves out into the other realms, and, and, we, and we begin to experience this with our friends, and on and on and on and on and on, and, and God asks us to live in these concentric circles, not only with the people that we're close to, not only with the people that we love and that give back to us, but also our neighbor. Who is your neighbor? Well, just any other human being on the face of the earth. That's your neighbor. But all of this flows out of our relationship with God. Service is the action that we put to our love for God because of our faith in Jesus. Now around here, there's a lot of, there's a lot of places to serve. But service isn't something that just, is a, isn't just church talk. It is follower of Christ talk. And so we're going to look at this scripture, we're going to look at this section of scripture in John chapter 13 that, that shows Jesus as a servant. But around here, what that looks like a lot of times is, is maybe um, Neff and Becky Cerna, some of the, some of the elder, most elderly people in our community, late 70s, early 80s, and, and living out as an example for us, they're in service. They serve each other in their marriage, over 50 years of marriage. They have children. They serve them. They come alongside of us here, and, and on a weekly basis, they clean the red eye. They have a ministry at the, at the prison down on Capitol Circle. And so weekly, they go out and they minister in the prisons with their prison ministry and just sharing the love of God and teaching and training and baptizing people. Amazing ministry in their service. People like Ashley Russell, who, who just, uh, a college student who jumped into our community and, and then said, you know what, I want to take ownership, I want to I wanna serve, and so began with children's ministry, and now has moved uh, beyond that, um, or in addition to that, rather, she still is in, in children's ministry, and now also works with senior high students. People like Kim Goodner, who, who several years ago, you know, just got the, got the clue of, of saying, you know what, we, we pay for our building to be cleaned. We're the body of Christ. We're supposed to serve each other. I can, I can build a team. I can save us money. And she has saved us thousands of dollars on an annual basis by simply taking ownership and saying, why should we pay for someone to do something that I can give as a service to my community? And along the way, she's had people come alongside of her, being a blessing, living in service. There's another person we're going to watch a, a, a video, Steve Metz. Steve, Steve's video is, I love at the end of it, he just, in this great place of humility, he won't say, I am service. He says, I'm learning how to serve. It was such an awesome, such an awesome thing. But Steve has been involved um, in going down to Guatemala and also with the ministry of Serve Tallahassee here. So watch this video. I started coming to E3 a um, little over a year ago, about a year and a half ago. Um, I was really, you know, searching. Um, got to that point in my life where uh, I had done a lot of my career and found it to be not as satisfying, you know, as, as, as I thought. And uh, so I was looking for more. And then I had a follow-up uh, meeting with uh, Pastor Mark. He said, you know what you ought to do? He said, you ought to go to Guatemala. So I just went, and uh, that really did change my life in a lot of ways. Uh, 
made me see uh, poverty and yet see people that still were happy and um, put me out of my comfort zone, which I didn't particularly enjoy, but uh, it really did, really did change my life. I came back from Guatemala and I realized I couldn't do mission trips uh, all the time and uh, had read in the bulletin about uh, Sir Tallahassee, so I, I just, I showed up um, and uh, went out on a route and realized there were, uh, you know, you don't have to go to Guatemala to see poverty uh, and you don't have to go to Guatemala to see a lot of broken lives. You know, they're right, they're right here. To me, the consequence of not serving is uh, you know, continuing to have yourself be the center of the universe and unfortunately, you know, a lot of us have done that for a long time. What I've learned is that it doesn't matter how old you are and it doesn't matter how much you have or you don't have, but if the only thing in your life is you, and your well-being. Um, you know, I think you're just, we're all missing the boat if that's our, if that's what we think. And the more we can get outside of that and, uh, and get with other people and try to help other people that aren't as fortunate, um, I just think it's, uh, you know, it's what we ought to be doing. My name is Steve and I'm learning to serve. One of the things that Steve really, really tapped into there is just that poverty is all around us. Service is God's answer to poverty. Service is God's answer to, to spiritual, material, and emotional poverty. We're called to, to, to care for each other. We're called to, to share each other's burdens, to bear one another's burdens. We're called to, to make allowance for each other's faults, to give each other forgiveness. All these different ways that we serve each other on multiple levels. It's not just about showing up and, and, and cleaning a toilet. Although, as, as family, that's what we have to do too, you know, to, to, to serve and to care and to live out hospitality and make sure that we have a, a distraction-free environment to be able to worship. Take ownership. To be able to, to, to bend down and, and pick up the, the cup that... that bounced out of the trash can, to be able to see the stains on the floor and not go, as eh, somebody else is going to take care of that. But to be able to go, this is, this is my community. This is, this is my place of worship. This is where I'm going to invest. And we do that in every environment. So this affects our family life. This affects, this affects our, our work life. How many times do we see people in the workplace that go there and, and they're entitled? I, I show up at work, I'm going to work hard, and, and then I, I deserve my paycheck. But how many of us go into the workplace going, you know what? I'm going to make this organization better because I'm here. I'm going to live out my job as worship. I'm going to show up today to be the tangible hand of Christ. And service isn't just something that the Bible talks about. It isn't just something that that we know that we need to do, but, but it's also one of the, the core parts of our community here at E3. It's one of our purposes. It's one of the things that we really believe is necessary in order to be healthy. I look around at people's lives and I see their busyness. 
But a true follower of Christ, I, I, I can identify them. I can see that where they're, they've moved beyond themselves, where, where God is the center of their universe or where they are not in the middle because I see even in their busyness where they're willing to sacrifice, where they're willing to give of themselves, where they're willing to, to serve in a way that costs them something, be able to care for somebody else, to be able to meet a need. They have a spiritual insight. And so worship, uh, service is really about worship and it's about health. It's about worshiping God. So as, as, as our first service is to God, you know, some of, the, some of the commands of God's word are, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, right? You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. It's for God. All of these things in our life that, that flow out of our relationship with God. And then we know, then, then it moves out, then, then love others. It's about health. But our relationship with God is where that health flows, flows from. And if we walk into this space, coming in as consumers, I can't wait to get my, get my latte and to, and to hear some awesome worship music and, and hear uh, some of God's word. And then, then I'll, I'll get my batteries recharged and I'm off back into my week. But if I come only to receive, but I don't take the time to give, if I come only to be served, but I don't serve, am I, am I really living out the heart of my Savior? Am I really coming alongside the, God's mission and vision in the world? Am I really reflecting a God who, who loves so much that he gave? So look at a few verses in, in John chapter 13. And again, this is, this is the... The upper room, this is Jesus having a little last supper. It says, before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father. He had loved his disciples during the, his ministry on earth and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the father had given him authority over everything. And they had come from God and would return to God. One of the things uh, when I remember working in, um, in the electrical field and we'd have these guys that would come in and, and, um, you know, and they would just like be trying it out and they would be working for, for a few months as, a, as an apprentice or something. Uh, then, they, then we'd have other guys, you know, they were moving on to another job and, and they would get what we called short timers disease. You know, where they, they, they saw the light at the end of the tunnel, and so their work ethic kind of waned a little bit, you know. They, they knew that they were only there for a short, short time, and so they didn't really invest. They didn't really give it their all. And Jesus wasn't like that. His end is coming. He can see the end. He's been laboring hard with his disciples, but, but it says that he loved them to the very end. He served them to the very end. He knows that he's about to be betrayed. The devil has already come inside of Judas and he's going to betray him. But Jesus' resolve is not in his circumstance. His service, the source of his, of his service and the source of his love is not come from what's going what's to happen and, and what's going to be good and the, all of that. It's coming from what he knows about God. This intimacy that he has with the Father. He knew that the Father gave him authority. He knew that he had come from the Father, had been sent by the Father and that he was going to return to the Father. It flowed out of his relationship with God. 
Service is something that, that we have to, to live in this, in this simplicity, in this integrity. And Jesus knew that one of the things that he said over and over and over again in his ministry was, I only do what the Father tells me to do. Just before this section, if you want to backtrack in, into chapter 12, he says, I only say what the Father has told me to say. This amazing integrity between what he does and what he says he's going to do. Amazing lack of hypocrisy. Amazing willingness to, to be a true servant. It goes on, and because of this, he kind of lives out of this in this place in verse 4. It says, so, because he, because he has this, this, this relationship with God, because he has this passion for, for what God wants to do in him and through him, because he is answering the call to, to bind up the brokenhearted, to, to come and, and, and make the, the captives be set free, to, to give sight to the blind, all these things that it says in Isaiah 61. He's able to move forward in his relationship with his disciples. It says, so he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never, ever wash my feet. And Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. There's this amazing thing here that, that Jesus is telling us is basically, you can't serve God without him serving you first. You can't serve God without him serving you first. You can't earn your salvation. We can't show up into this place and, hey, I do this ministry and I do this ministry and all of these kinds of things and active. Look at me, I'm, I'm earning goodness. We can't do this with it. It has to flow not from a position of earning, but from a position of loving, of genuinely like pouring our hearts out to God as a willing sacrifice. Otherwise, we begin to, to build up this culture inside of us and in our community of entitlement. I'm going to serve, and what's it going to get me? I'm going to give of myself, and, and well, I, I've given of myself. I've, I've showed up. Why, why aren't people doing this? And what happens is bitterness and resentment begin to come forth in our heart. We begin to do battle against God and against God's people instead of serving. Service should be without expectation of return. Service is to give, and service is a form of worship, and service is love with flesh on it. It's being the tangible hand of Christ. And if we can sit here and look at the example of our Savior, infinite God putting on flesh, hanging out with his disciples, taking off his clothes, and, and wrapping himself in a towel to wash their dirty, stinking feet, and knowing that, that his desire is to serve us, to make us clean. Some of us sit here and we, and we, and we serve because we want so badly to be clean. We want so badly to be right with God. We want so badly to be loved. We want so badly to know that we are cherished and that we are valuable and that we're beloved. And so we serve and we serve and we give and we try to earn. And Jesus is sitting here going, I want to wash you and I want to make you clean. And Peter had to come to that face-to-face that -face realization. Hey, I've been, I've been, I'm your right-hand man, Jesus. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you, man. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to love you. 
But no, Peter, you have to let me serve you. Have you, have you let Christ wash you clean? Do you read a verse like 1 John 1, 9, that if you confess your sins, then God is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all righteousness? Do you accept that? Do you receive that? Do you, does that bring forth the joy in your life, knowing I am washed clean? I am whole. I am right in God's sight. This is the, this is the heart of service. This is the place where we, we find that we can sustain service. Because Paul gives us instruction later on in, in other letters. He says, don't grow weary in doing good. Because you can. Because you might. You might work so hard for the, all the wrong reasons and find yourself a just big hot mess. <laughs> Burnt out. Trying to do right for God but not doing it with the joy that comes from him. This last section, Jesus gives some really just practical instruction to his disciples as we wrap up here. Verse 9, Simon Peter responds to this, will you let me wash you phrase from Jesus. He exclaimed, then wash my hands and my head as well, Lord, not just my feet. And Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew he would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. And after washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I've given you an example to follow. Do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. In these concentric circles, we, we find that, that when, a lot of times we can get these things out of balance. Sometimes it's easy for us to just kind of, you know what, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve in my church. I'm going to serve with, with friends. I'm going to serve with the, with the people that, that I call my family, but, but you know what? My relationship with God, not, not so intimate. I mean, I feel a close connection with, with community, but, but it's not really flowing out of my relationship with God. Maybe I'm so willing to go to a foreign country and just give of myself, and I can't wait for the next time. I can't wait till next year when I get to go for, for a week or, or two weeks and, and just serve. But our daily life is not a life of service. And what happens when we do this, we begin to live out this really unhealthy place where this is, becomes a, a picture of the church, where what we have is, is it's this funnel and, and all of us are coming in and here at E3, 500 people walking through the doors and this tiny little funnel here down at the bottom is the staff, five. And five people are supposed to serve 500. Is that relationally healthy? Is that relationally possible? No, but the, the picture of, of what God has called us to is for each and every one of us to use the gifts and the talents that he's given us to stir those things up and to be in service. And you know what? I can't serve a hundred people. And Pastor Mark can't serve a hundred people. And Pastor Eric can't serve a hundred people. And even if we divide it up, uh, it, it still, it leaves out 
the place that, that we really are, are called to first, which is our relationship with God, to care for our families, to serve the people that God has entrusted us with, our, our friends. And then after that, honestly, maybe one or two or three people can we call up and say, hey, did you get to your meeting? Hey, how, how was your counseling appointment? Hey, do you need to set up another conversation? Hey, I just wanted to let you know that I love you and I'm praying for you and that God is with you. We can only relationally do that for maybe three people at most. And the tendency for, for us as a staff is to try to do it to all of these different people. And sometimes the trap for us in any place of leadership is, well, if I can't do it for everybody, then I won't do it for anybody. And I'd like to set a new paradigm for us and just say, guess what? God has gifted every single one of us. And we have to live in this relationship with God. We have to care for our family. And if you're serving in your church, but your family hasn't been cared for, stop serving and go home and wash your dishes and mow your yard and love your wife and train your kids because that is where life happens first. And if you're serving in the church but you're not doing these other things, the Bible says that we're worse than an unbeliever. And I have lived this way and it's not right. Every single one of us, we gotta, we gotta take care of the one and the two and the three. We gotta be faithful. These aren't levels of importance as much as they are. They are layers of faithfulness. We have to do them all. And we have to be faithful in all of them. But if we're not faithful in our relationship with God, and then if we're not faithful with our family, and if we're not faithful with our friends, we'll never actually be faithful in our community. We'll never actually be the tangible hand of Christ to a lost and hurting world because they'll look at our lives and say, why is your marriage on the rocks? And why are your children crazy? We need to start from the inside out. This is what God is painting. Now that you know these things, God will bless you if you do them. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunity just to be able to look at service and just the simplicity of the way that, that you have given your life for us as our servant king. Lord, you gave us everything that we need for life and godliness. I pray that today, day 22 of Pathways might be a fresh start for some of us. That way we're too busy, Lord, we would learn to say no that we would even say no to good things so that we can say yes to the best things. Lord, that we would recognize the wisdom and the truth of, of saying yes to one thing means that we're saying no to another. Lord, maybe we not be saying no to you or to our family or to true community. But Lord, that you would bring us into a place of true worship and true health in our service. They wouldn't feel the overwhelming need to do for everyone, but that we would be able to do for one that which we would wish to do for everyone. Lord, help us in our service. Help us in our love. Help us to live lives bigger than ourselves. Help us to love you with all of our heart and all of our mind and all of our soul and all of our strength because you are God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Wow. <laughs>